The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Now it's time to talk Braves, Falcons, and college football with a deep South college football legend. It's the Buck Baloo Show, exclusively on The Fan. That's right, everybody. Welcome into the Buck Blue Show. Buck is out on this Monday morning. Looks a lot nicer than it has all weekend. But do you guys know why Buck is out? My guess would be because it is the birthday of the Georgia Bulldog legend. Happy birthday, Buck Blue. Hope you spend it on the links, having a grand old time. The 10 a.m. hour of the Buck Blue Show is brought to you by Haug Baron Law Group. Without further ado, guys, you know how I like to do things when I fill in for Buck. should mention Dylan Short. For those of you that have not heard me, we're going to get a little bit of baseball talk here. We'll dig a lot into the college football scene. And you know what? Maybe we'll even talk a little bit of NFL. We'll see how it goes today. But first things first, start it off right. Let's bring a big take. Buck's Big Take. Okay. I know people love the Army-Navy game, that it's kind of the big college football game, especially when you're talking about two teams that traditionally aren't great at football, and everybody wants to see it. This is the game that you have to go see. If there's if there's a bucket list game, it is Army-Navy. I, I get that. Trust me, I get that. And this past one, somehow, some way, this is the first time these two teams have ever gone into overtime, and it ended up being super close, 20-17, to 17, Feels like a good game, but it also feels like there's no way in 2022 you should have an overtime game be 20 to 17. Regardless, not great seasons for either of them. The Army Black Knights, six and six. The Navy Midshipmen, four and eight. One thing that this proves to me or shows to me every single year, and I always feel I always feel crazy because I'm never that big on Army Navy. Like I, I, I'll be very honest with you, it's it's hard for me to watch that game. What it goes to show to me is how far we've come and just how awful the triple option offense is. I am a Georgia fan, and I, I cannot tell you how happy I am that Georgia Tech has moved away from the triple option. And maybe this is just me. Maybe I'm just too young and don't have enough respect for my elders and just, you know, one of them old whippersnappers. I cannot stand watching teams run the triple option. It's a great way to tell me that you have 10 players on your team that can't play football. So you're just going to hand the ball off to the same one or two people 70 times a game. Oh, but maybe this time I'll let the QB keep it. Regardless, it doesn't take away from the rivalry. And as a matter of fact, I actually think that's more impressive that people will, will fall all over themselves to go to this game that everybody watches it when it's on. I think part of that might also be because there's no other college football going on. If we're being completely honest with ourselves, I think that's probably a pretty big part of it. But the fact that army Navy has, has this kind of draw behind it while being the worst football you'll watch all year. That's pretty impressive. And I'm not asking for a lot. I'm not asking for both of these teams to turn into spread teams or something. 
But would getting the teams above single-digit pass against them, would that, would that be too much to ask? Would, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I feel like I'm stepping on some toes here. But I feel like we've now got high school offenses that are far more intricate and far more skilled than triple option offenses in a, college, in a major college football game. Regardless, congratulations to Army. It's a good game for them. Um, I guess if you're going to go to triple options and, and do something like that, you get some 77-yard plays. And that's always... Correct me if I'm wrong, guys in the back. Is this what everybody's really waiting for at Army-Navy is, is for the big play where you get that, that breakdown of the defense where they, don't, where they randomly don't cover the fullback coming up on the dive or cover the pitch man and you get a 77-yard run? Is that the entire draw behind watching these two offenses for three hours? Yeah, the, we're not tuning in because we're trying to watch some high-potent offenses. I I. I, I I understand what you're saying. Uh, I do appreciate the fact that, I mean, that's old school football. and um, Emphasis on the old. Very old. And we don't get to see it a lot anymore. And, uh, yes, the game is more popular because of the pageantry, the um, the commitment from these kids that means so much, and then singing the alma maters after the game and all that stuff. And, yes, we don't tune in to see some a couple of high-octane offenses go at each other. Now, I will say, the uniform game for Army, yeah, and 100% on point. Oh, you didn't like the NASA Navy? I, no, I'm a, that was cool, too. I'm a big fan of that, too. I, I like the Army unis a lot, yeah. too. I, it's very rare that I can get down with some camo colors. They just, As somebody who's grown up around here his entire life and has grown up in the boonies and seen people wearing camo every day to wear, <laughs> like, it, it's not a big deal or anything. I think we can all kind of admit that camo colors aren't exactly ones that you look for on a football field and go, yeah, that gets me jazzed up. Like, I'm not going to argue against it if you're going hunting or whatever. But if you're just picking color schemes out to to make your team, to make the team pop and make everybody kind of notice your team, picking hunter green, brown, and like a one of those gray green like type colors, those those aren't those they aren't it off. Those aren't big numbers. Yeah. Those aren't big colors for they pulled me. Pull it off. But anyways, I think a big part of this draw is especially now the state of college football with NIL and transfer portals and everybody's and most of the kids that we watch play college football are basically just getting ready to go to the NFL. Obviously, that's not the case with any of these kids. These, it's so corny and cliche, but they play for the love of the game. They play for the love of their institution, and it means so, so much. And you can just see it in their reactions and things like that. So, again, yes, this wasn't Bills versus Chiefs. Like I'm not going to deny that's that. That's better football. I'm not going to say it's not, but. There's something to the Army-Navy game, right? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. It is very cool to see how, how you know, into it those kids get. And they should. I mean, they're playing. That, that's, you know, if you're a military school, what do you got? Army, Navy, Air Force, Citadel. Although I don't understand why Citadel doesn't have one of these games. Uh, like, they, they don't seem to have one of these Armed Forces Bowl type games. Yeah, I always feel a little left out for Air Force, but, you know. Yeah, like Air okay. Force, too. As long as we're just talking triple option, why don't we throw the other major triple option team in there? And Air Force probably runs it a little bit more. I guess Army-Navy just, just has that special feel of, you know, uh, if you have anybody that's a service member, uh, if you have an army vet at home, ask him how he feels about the Navy. Ditto. If you have a Navy vet at home, ask them how they feel about the army. It will be a fun five hour conversation. I can promise you some words that you won't be able to repeat. 
Uh, but it'll it'll still do really big things. So that's yeah. going to do it for the big take. And those are their those are their calling cards. Like as a Georgia fan, I say go dogs. If you're Army, they literally say all year beat Navy, and <laughs> all Navy says all year is beat Army. That's now, all they care about. I, I do like that. I do like that is something that I'm hoping with the transfer portal and NILs, we don't really lose that spirit of of just pure hate between teams. And you know, my season may not be good, but as long as I beat this person, then it's okay. Then it's all fine. But uh, that's going to that's gonna do it for the big take. Just a couple of other things here. Remember how I mentioned on Friday that Steve Cohen is just going to shove around his money? Well, he's continuing to do so. As they just signed Kodai Senga to a five-year and $75 million contract. If you don't know who Kodai Senga is, he is the best pitcher coming out of Japan probably until Roki Sasaki gets posted, and that's probably going to be about five years from now, so no real need to worry about that. Um I saw something on Twitter, and I'm not certain if this was a joke from a Mets fan or if this was something real that, that was said. Um, asked where he wanted to go. He said he wanted to go to, to a contender, and he was asked about the Braves. He said, no, not there. I know that just seems kind of like a joke, but there is something to that as well. For, for whatever reason, the Kenshin Kawakami debacle years and years and years ago uh, didn't go over well at all, and as a result... Japanese players haven't really looked at the Braves for quite a long time. I'd kind of like to see that change, not because I think every Japanese player that comes over is going to be Shohei Otani, because there's one Shohei Otani, but you are talking about the MPB as being the highest professional league outside of the U.S. Generally speaking, it's determined to be better than AAA below big league level. So it's kind of like quad A. It's why you'll see a lot of pitchers go over there that maybe don't have premium stuff over here. Colby Lewis was a good example of this. Uh, he he went over there. Chris Chris Bassett, I want to say, went over there too. I could be wrong on that. But there there are always pitchers that go over there. They spend a little bit of time learning the way that the, the Japanese pitchers spin the baseball, the way that they rely so heavily on spins, the way that they they kind of orient their, their stretch and, and their mechanics. They come back over here and they take what they've learned from Japan and all of a sudden they carve, they carve themselves out a very successful season. I... I don't hate the deal for Senga. And this is one of the weird things on, on this offseason for me. If you look at Senga and, and, you know, don't get too caught up in the fact that it says he can throw a 102-mile-an-hour fastball, he's likely 93, 94 in the big leagues. But the one thing he does have is he's got a, a legitimate swing-and-miss split finger. It's a big deal. It's a big pitch. That's going to be his number one pitch. He's not... He's not going to be Shohei Otani. I really don't even think he's going to be Masi Tanaka, although that's going to be a lot of – he's going to catch a lot of Masahiro Tanaka comps just because of the the heavy splitter usage. If he is Tanaka, then I think the Mets knocked this one out of the park. But you're talking about a team in the Mets and an owner in Steve Cohen that have blown by the Steve Cohen tax that was instituted by a bunch of major league owners to kind of curb his his habits of spending. He said, that's cute. I'm going to go spend anyway. Try and stop me. But – He's he's shelling out all this money, and I don't really think they're any better today. And I, I, I guess you can argue they're more consistent because Verlander is going to be on the field more than Jacob Degrom. And while I think Kodai Senga is a good pitcher, Quintana is not bad. I I just I don't see the big improvements from this team. They brought Brandon Nimmo back, so the outfield is essentially the same as what it was a season ago. The infield is the same as it was a season ago, and that's that's all fine and dandy. They did good work. They won 101 games. It's not like you can be that, you know, you can't really make fun of them too much. I do think that 
part of the reason for that 101 win was because the Braves kind of stumbled out of the gate really, really early uh, and, and took half a season to figure out how to play baseball, similarly to, to what they did in 2021. But they are a good team. I just, I don't know, man. It, spending 400 and something million dollars to run back the same squad, I, I get it. It's Steve Cohen. He's got the money to do it. And I'm a Braves fan, so I shouldn't be talking so much Mets as if I don't understand. But it, it's it's kind of... I don't really get it. They're putting a lot in on their two frontline starters being healthy and competitive all the way through. And by the way, they have a combined age of 80, whatever. Yeah, they have a combined age of 76. Okay. Between, between. So, and that's what they're relying on to give them 200 innings apiece for the entire year. And getting Quintana is pretty nice because Quintana, you know, you get a lefty in there. Um, I don't know why you'd want to stump for a lefty rotation, mate, when you know that every other team in the NL East, aside from the Marlins, and no one's worried about the Marlins, like the Braves and the Phillies, they both crush lefties. So in that respect, I think Tywin Walker is more talented than Jose Quintana. I know Quintana was pretty good at times for, for the Cardinals last year, but he also generally only goes five innings. They haven't done much to, to fix that bullpen. I know they brought back Edwin Diaz, which they had to do. That's really about it. A lot of this is going to rest on Kodai Senga because there is a real chance that Senga is not as good as Chris Bassett. I know it didn't end well for Chris Bassett last season. By the way, Braves fans, if you guys are, are going crazy because there's not a lot of moves going on and you're looking around, oh, who's somebody that we might be able to snag? Uh, getting Chris Bassett on a short-term deal, that kind of... I've been saying Michael Conforto makes a lot of sense just because he's probably going to be a one-year guy. Alex, we know what Alex likes to do with the one-year reclamation projects. Uh, Chris Bassett is another one of those. Chris Bassett is a very, very talented pitcher. Now, pitchers are getting broke off this offseason, and if, if Chris Bassett says he wants $25 million, that's okay. You can go grab that from another team. But if he's willing to, to take, you know, 17 to $20 million for a season, yeah, I'd do that. I don't, I don't know... I don't know what else you're expecting the Braves to do. Uh, obviously, with Dansby Swanson's wedding, you get the rumor mill pumping. You wait to see the photos, see who all's there. And you saw Freddie and his wife, Chelsea, obviously. I saw Luke Jackson there. Will Smith was there. Ozzy was there. Uh, Soroka, Ian Anderson. A lot, a lot of the faces you expect to see were there. But as always, whenever, whenever you've had kind of a slow news cycle for your team and you have a free agent, the second that something is posted with another player, that's when somebody decides to run with it. And John Heyman decided he was going to take this time uh, to say, oh, well, now there's, that was, now there's some rumors that Dansby might go to the Dodgers. As if none of us considered this fact as soon as the season was getting underway. It makes a lot of sense. I keep saying that the Angels might be the team, I think, because I think they'll pay more. But the, the Dodgers... I don't really know if they really think Gavin Lux is a shortstop. I, all I know is I would put the likelihood of Dansby coming back to Atlanta. I, 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 if you tell me that the over is 50, if you tell me the line's 50%, I'm taking the under. Uh, I would probably say it's closer to 70, 30 at this point that he does not return. than he does return. And, and if that's the case, you know, I'm not going to boo Dansby. I'm not going to not going to be upset with him. He's going to go get a bag from somebody. Do I do I personally think that we should be handing out six to ten year contracts for a guy about to hit his 30s? No, but that's the market rate this year. And if that's the market rate and we're just going to start acting like years don't matter, then fine. I'm not going to be mad at you for getting your money. I'm not that convinced that Von Grissom can't do the job. I'm also not that convinced that Alex is really going to roll with Von Grissom as the starting shortstop at the end of the season. I don't think there's a ton of options out there, but if Alex, 
one thing you should all know about Alex Anthopoulos at this point is he will do something you're not expecting. He's going to he's gonna pull some card that you did not think was in his hat or that he could pull off, and it'll end up working for the Atlanta Braves. So don't, don't worry about that. Final thing here before uh, we take our first break. I don't know if you guys are really paying attention to a lot of the non-Atlanta teams in the NFL because it has been a very weird and, quite honestly, a subpar NFL season. Can we say that? The pro game this year has been severely lacking. It's been pretty bad across the board. There's a lot of injuries. There's also just bad play from teams that are supposed to be good and have not performed that well. Well, one team that's somehow getting a lift from a very unlikely source, San Francisco with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant in the draft. This was a guy, don't forget, when Brock Purdy started as a freshman at uh, at Iowa State, he was kind of that team with Brock Purdy as a starter. That was the team that got Matt Campbell on the NFL radar and got Matt Campbell kind of considered to be the next up-and-coming elite coach. But Brock Purdy regressed for like three straight seasons at Iowa State. He somehow became Mr. Irrelevant. And all he's doing now is he's starting for the San Francisco 49ers. And they caught up with Brock Purdy after the game. By the way, he played pretty pretty darn well. And uh, I think we've got the cut. Derek, if we've got the cut for this, could you uh, could you get this Brock Purdy? They asked him, and I, this is probably, I don't know if this is going to be like one of his best moments, but he gets to answer a question at a press conference asking how he gets to prepare for an NFL start. Just the reps at practice and all that kind of stuff, knowing that you're the guy going into the game, um, that was a little different. Other than that, you know, my emotions and everything, just my hotel room, studying last night and all that kind of stuff, it's, it was all relatively the same. Um, and then when we found out, you know, we're getting the ball uh, to start the game out, that's when I was like, okay, like, this is getting real. Well, let's go. And so that's why I'm saying, like, to sort of get hit on the first play, it's sort of, I sort of liked it. But other than that, um, you know, it was just a, it was another football game. I mean, you could say that all you want, but this is a guy that did not play well in college football his final few seasons at Iowa State. Do you see him trying not to have the biggest smile on his yeah. face after he walked off or he shook Tom Brady's hand? Can you imagine I just shaking Tom Brady's hand at the end of that game? After thinking, you yeah, win. Man, after just, you win. We just whooped y'all. No, not only won. He beat that crap out of the bucks yesterday and just what a surreal feeling for brock purdy walking off that field and he did it without debo samuel who did get hurt which yeah. is that that's but hopefully not as bad as it maybe looked i saw yeah so some some questions on that right now and hopefully all the best because debo samuel is one of the one of he's one of my favorite players to watch in football period anyway but he's also just one of the best all-around players he's one of those guys that you always kind of make the the joke about just get him the ball in space and let him do his thing Debo could probably play every position I was about to say I could think of about eight positions he could probably start at on offense and defense oh yeah you know he he can literally do everything when he was at South Carolina he was the same way was severely underrated when he came out he's He's a better version of Percy Harvin. He's like if you put 20 pounds of muscle on Percy Harvin to where he could actually take hits, that's what Debo Samuel is. So hopefully he's okay. That's great for Brock Purdy. And it's also great for Atlanta because if you can see Brock Purdy succeeding at the NFL level after what he was putting on tape at Iowa State, if you're a Falcons fan, you got to feel pretty good about Desmond Ritter. We're going to go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we'll get into a nugget. And maybe if we've got a little bit of time, we'll dig into that Desmond Ritter idea and what I want to see on the first drive on the first drive of Desmond Ritter's NFL career. It's the Buck Baloo show. We'll be back in just a second here for the fan 680 93.7 FM.
The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. everybody to the Buckaloo show on the fan 680-937 whether you're listening on your car on your phone or on the apps which you can stay connected to all the latest news your favorite fan shows have to offer by the 680 the fan app driven by beaver direct the fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next vehicle visit beaver and see what wow really means download the fan app now in the itunes and google play store and speaking of our fabulous fantastic sponsors we are also brought to you by the Haug Baron Law Group, your champions of personal injury law. If you need to win your personal injury case, nobody wants to lose. We, we don't support losers here at the station. We only support winners. If you want to win, go to championshiplaw.com. It's right there in the name, folks. If it has championship in the name, you're not going to lose. Go check them out right now if you need them. That's Haug Baron Law Group. Okay, guys, we have a lot of fun on this show, obviously, getting uh, as much as we can get to in, in the span of an hour. We're going to talk a lot of college football on this as well. But I'm kind of worried that if I go straight to the nugget here, I'm not going to have enough time to talk about Desmond Ritter and what I want to see, and I want to talk about what I want to do. So we're going to call an Om- we're going to call an Omaha here real quick, and we're going to shift up the order. Omaha, Omaha. Watching Brock Purdy do well or pretty well, or, or however you want to say it, they're winning with him. I'll say that they didn't they didn't win in spite of him. They they won, and he played very well. That should make you feel good if you're a Falcons fan. This wasn't a case of, oh, well, they just kind of scraped by. They let him drop back and throw it 21 times. He went 16 to 21 for 185 and two touchdowns. That's that's not bad. That's over eight and a half yards a clip. I'm not saying that necessarily that Ritter should be counted on to do the exact same thing. But what I will say is that Desmond Ritter is more talented than Brock Purdy. So if you had any questions, and, and I don't really know why you would have had these questions anyway. We've seen consistently all year in the NFL that it's just not a good season that I, I kind of think we're in a transition point where you're going to start seeing NFL offenses start copying the college game a little bit more. You're going to see more and more college concepts infiltrate the NFL. And I think that'll be where you start seeing teams start to really take off. It's just too much bad offense right now. And they're changing of the guard of the, of the quarterbacks anyway. It, it, there's just, there's no way that it's going to continue being this bad. And if you're a Falcons fan, you're very excited because we just had to sit through a week of no football. Good news is that means the Falcons couldn't hurt you for a week. But it does also mean that Desmond Ritter gets extra time to prepare and get ready for his season debut. 
we we remember what happened with Matt Ryan. Was it the uh, the the touchdown play to uh, Michael Jenkins down the sideline against the Bears? Outstanding play, great throw, and it pretended really good things for the Atlanta Falcons with Matt Ryan. I kind of want to see them do the exact same thing though with Desmond Ritter. First play of the game, give me a play action deep shot to Drake London. Let the kid air it out on his first play. If it goes poorly, eh, whatever. First play, shake it off. But just imagine what happens if that goes well. The Falcons have not had a downfield passing attack at all this season. Desmond Ritter can throw the ball. I'm not certain that he's going to to be the same runner as Mariota, although don't don't sleep on Ritter's athleticism. He's a pretty athletic guy himself. Um, But when he was at Cincinnati, it was more it was more being elusive and maybe escaping when there just wasn't anybody open. It wasn't really designed runs. I think you'll see, I think you'll actually, I think you'll see more designed runs than you will strict RPOs with Desmond Ritter, just to kind of take that one decision out of his hand, make it a little bit easy, but I'm not going to be shocked that the Falcons offense is better. Even if Desmond Ritter is, will struggle and I'm sure he will, he's not going to be perfect every single time, but even if he struggles, I, I'm not that convinced that their offense won't be better. So I'm excited to see that and get Desmond Ritter a big shot play early. Just let him go over the top to Drake London. Let him go rookie to rookie and, and let's, let's get it bumping just for, just for once this year, please give me something to, to kind of stand up and forget about how bad the NFL season has been. With that being said, let's get to a nugget. Mm, tasty. It's time for the college football nugget presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. Okay. Don't know if you heard, but there was a big award in college football a couple days ago. The Heisman Trophy being awarded to drum roll Caleb Williams. This was not a surprise to anybody. For what it's worth, I do think Caleb Williams deserved it. Um, I don't think... Now, the people that that were going on and on about Stetson not deserving to, to even be there, uh, that that's a case in point of people wanting to fit a narrative, no matter whether that narrative actually did fit. What we would call a schmedium take there, where it just kind of, you know, doesn't really fit. You're going to force it on anyway. You can't appreciate any of Stetson's numbers without also realizing that he essentially hasn't played in a fourth quarter game pretty much all season long. So it kind of makes it a little bit different. That being said, Caleb Williams, I do think was the best pure quarterback in college football. I think he was the most important player on his team this season, mostly because look what happened when he got hurt against Utah, even still in the game against Utah, by the way, just couldn't run around anymore. And just that loss of his mobility lost everything for USC costing their playoff hopes. So congratulations, Caleb Williams. I did think it was funny, though, and kind of a, a good look for Caleb Williams, who's had some bad looks here lately. They asked him a little bit. They let, you know, there was like the Heisman Trophy winner get up and talk. And um, if you notice something special about Caleb Williams on that stage, don't think that went beyond him either, as he had this to say. Yeah, um, it does. It does. Uh I texted Coach Riley um, and, and, and told him uh, we're the only ones here, um, not in the college football playoffs. And it, it, do, it, it does annoy me a little bit um, just because, you know, I'm a winner, Coach is a winner, and uh, we want to be in that position to go win championships. And so not being in that position uh, with these other guys being here, happy for them. Uh, you know, they're in a very blessed situation, but speaking on us, we, uh, you know, we want to be there and expect to be there. 
I do. I, I like that from him. He he's probably shouldn't be very happy that he's not in the playoff. They fumbled that bag pretty heavily. I mean, all you had to do was beat Utah one time, uh, and they couldn't manage to do it either time. So good for Caleb Williams on getting some hardware. He'll be, he'll be one of the front runners to get it again next year as well. He'll be one of the top. He'll probably be the top quarterback taken. There's people already giving him Pat Mahomes comps, and I, I, I just got to say, people, um, let's let's not be lazy with our comps, please. The, there, there are some guys that you just because they are the same height and you see them make Houdini plays, that doesn't mean that every tall guy who can run around and make weird off-balance throws is going to be Patrick Mahomes. Like, Can we all agree that Pat Mahomes might be a little bit special in that regard? You know, a little shovel pass he gave to Jarrett McKinnon yesterday? Yes, I did, because he, he does it every that's week. beautiful. And just like we say Pat Mahomes, like, say, like comparing somebody to Patrick Mahomes, it's just this generation's version of comparing him to Favre. Like, and all that really means is he's going to make some of the most insane throws that you ever see, throws that you should never, ever, ever attempt in your entire life. That's kind of what it is. Let's, let's move off of that. Uh, moving over to the ACC, they have some major, major holes to patch over, and, and this essentially covers half of the ACC. You guys know the transfer portal is absolutely bonkers right now with players moving in left and right NIL deals and not having to sit out a year has just got this looking exactly like free agency. Get this though. The ACC is losing a bunch of quarterbacks, 142 combined starts of quarterbacks from the ACC that are entering the transfer portal, whether that's DJ Uyangalele or Devin Leary or any host of the other quarterbacks. I don't know who's going to be quarterbacking half the teams of the ACC next year. It's a real problem. Uh, I, I don't know what the correct fix is for this, but if you're an ACC team right now, there are two takeaways for you. One, this is probably good for me to recruit because I can go out to a guy that wouldn't look at my school and say, hey, uh, do you want to start right away next year? Because I don't have a quarterback right now. Number two, maybe you don't, like if you're NC State, Devin Leary's gone. But maybe you bring in some other quarterback from the ACC, like maybe Keaton Slovis decides he d- he d- just wants to leave Pitt and still stay in the ACC. I don't know. That's absolutely wild. That, that's, that number's crazy to me. In the four years of 12 games per year, that's 48 potential starts per year or per, per college career for these quarterbacks if you don't go to the playoffs. You are losing 142 combined starts in the ACC. It doesn't seem possible. One thing that also doesn't seem possible to me, we're this deep into what has been the craziest transfer portal nonsense of all time. You guys know how many players Georgia has in the portal right now? One by my last count. That's right. Yes. One player, former four-star Bill Norton, who is a, this is a very weird mix. He's listed as a defensive and slash offensive tackle. Six, I want to say six three two seventy five ish. Just hadn't had really gotten the field his time at Georgia, but he was a former four star. I'm sure somebody will pick him up and let him roll. Just goes to show what the culture around the University of Georgia is. That kind of atmosphere they create, and it's it's. I'm not going to promise it'll stay that way. As a matter of fact, I'm sure you'll see at least one, maybe two of the quarterbacks decide to transfer out once we get into next season. You figure out who's going to be the guy behind Stetson Bennett. But at least up until the playoffs so far, everybody's all in. And if even even if they leave after the playoff, the fact that they're not wanting to, to say that they're leaving before the playoff starts, that's a, that's a great look for the University of Georgia. And I don't think it just speaks to Kirby Smart. I also think it speaks to just the, the nature of the players on the team. So well done. Um, all the focus right now is Georgia and OSU. 
Don't forget, though, about Max Duggan. I'm not saying TCU will beat Michigan. I'm just saying Max Duggan is a player. He might not have the best measurables in the world. He doesn't have the strongest arm. He's not the most accurate. But that dude can play football. You don't lead your team back from five fourth-quarter deficits this season and lose the sixth one, but you don't lead your team back from five deficits and not know what you're doing, even if it's the Big 12. And if, if you're TCU, you have two players on offense, really three, but two players on offense that I'm not quite certain are going to get deterred by Michigan. The first one is the running back, Kendra Miller. Really, really talented running back, big and strong. He's got some good bursts to him, too. I think Michigan might struggle a little bit with him more than they're expecting. I think they'll struggle with the, the TCU run game more than they did with Ohio State. But the other's Max Duggan. And J.J. McCarthy's a good quarterback. But I'm going to say that TCU has the quarterback advantage in this matchup. Again, I'm not going to say that TCU pulls off the upset and beats Michigan. I think that's a little far-fetched. But you're out of your mind if you're counting out Max Duggan. There's a reason he was a Heisman finalist. That's not because he had a whole ton of talent on his team. It's because that dude just pulled them to victory. Excellent, excellent player. And final note for the Nugget here. Not nearly as happy. Uh, Should mention Mike Leach in critical condition in Jackson. Scary story. Don't really know exactly what the impetus was behind it. I know... I know Mike Leach had struggled with pneumonia during the season. You can kind of tell from some of his press conferences, the guy didn't really sound right. And I know I haven't always seemed like the biggest Mike Leach guy, uh, especially with what I was talking about with Dylan Johnson on Friday. doesn't really matter. When you get into situations like this, it's a lot more important. It goes a lot deeper than just how it is on the field. So um, prayers up for the, for the coach. Hopefully he's able to, to, to pull out and, and get back to coaching and do what he wants to do. Uh, so that's going to do it for the Nugget. And as a result, I think it's only right and fair that we kind of try to time this up as I talk too much, as I always do. We're going to hit another break. When we come back, we're going to get to a roundtable. We're going to talk about the Georgia-Ohio State game and why you shouldn't listen to any of the big people talking. You should just listen to people who've watched this Georgia team all season long. I don't think it's going to be that much different. We'll talk about that coming up next. Still in short in for Buck Blue on the Fan 680, 93.7 FM. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan Wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Welcome back into the Buck Baloo Show. Dylan Schwartz sitting in for the Bulldogs legend as Buck goes and enjoys a very happy birthday. I hope I would assume that he's crushing somebody on the links. It seems like that's about the only thing that Buck Baloo should be doing on his birthday. Should mention before we get too much farther, we do have a couple more things to really get to before I let you go for the day. We're coming up in just a little bit. But 
Two weeks from Saturday. What is two weeks from Saturday? All of you right now should be able to answer without any question. It is the Peach Bowl, the championship semifinal bowl game. Comes to Mercedes-Benz Stadium on New Year's Eve and 680 The Fan. And Harris Cherokee Casino Resorts are throwing a free tailgate for all of you. Join 680 The Fan at our huge free championship semifinal bowl tailgate Saturday, December 31st from 4.30 to 7.30 p.m. We're going to take over 123 Marietta Street at the corner of Marietta Street and Centennial Olympic Park Drive with a party featuring complimentary drinks from Corona and Modelo Beers, Deep Eddie Vodka, and Maker's Mark Mixed Cocktails. Neutral vodka seltzer samples, plus enjoy eats from Bojangles and live music by all that. Get your free tickets now at 680thefan.com slash tailgate central. Join us for another party at the 680 the Fan Tailgate Central Series. It's Saturday, December 31st from 430 to 730, and we could not do it without our sponsors. Harris Cherokee Casinos and Resorts, Truist, Georgia Power, Corona Extra, Modelo, Deep Eddie Vodka, Makers Mark, Bojangles, Lidl Supermarkets, and Neutral Vodka Seltzers. Should also mention, if you guys want to be able to catch anything else, whether it's any of our award-winning college football coverage, the best in the nation, or if you want, you know, want to listen to some baseball coverage, maybe you're missing a little bit of baseball. I know I'm always missing baseball. The best place for you to go to do that is thepodcastpark.com. Whether it's the Southern Beat with Dan Matthews, where you can find his insights on and off the field all around the SEC, probably a good shot that he'll tell you a great place to go and grab a bite. If you're visiting at any of these fantastic stadiums along the Southeast, the Chuck Oliver Show. If the King's not talking about it for college football, then you don't need to know about it, and he's probably talking about some things that you really don't need to know about either some things that just aren't going to matter to you whatsoever but you always want to check out the king from the perch and michael rothstein this is probably a great week to go listen to from the perch as we're going to get some desmond ritter talk i'm going to get to all of that also 680 the fan bringing you just excellent content everywhere and anywhere coming up at uh, noon we'll have the kirby smart presser on monday you heard about the list of everybody we're gonna have on the show grady jarrett gonna come by tomorrow on the locker room to talk about desmond ritter making his first start a lot going on this week that also includes our Bulldog Roundtable. The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Baloo. 25, 20, far sideline, 15, 10, 5, get in there, touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union, How Glaw Group, T-Mobile, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. I wasted way too much time in this show. Didn't leave myself nearly enough time for the Bulldog Roundtable. So we're going to do this at light speed. Are you ready? The Peach Bowl is a massive, massive showdown. I mentioned that on Friday. Georgia and Ohio State, they just they don't play, which I think is a real shame. Mostly because I think Georgia, I think right now Georgia's better anyway, so I kind of want them to play a lot right now because I'm pretty confident that my team comes out on top, just like I'm confident in the Peach Bowl that Georgia will come out on top. Why? It's not because I think Ohio State is as bad as their loss to Michigan says. I, I think they're a very, very talented team. I think they're very similar to Tennessee when Georgia beat up on Tennessee. But I also think that this game follows that exact same game plan. Ohio State's running game might be slightly better with Travion Henderson, but I think you're doing a disservice to Jambari Small if you just assume that Travion Henderson is better. I also think that Hendon Hooker is a better runner than C.J. Stroud. The difference is I think C.J. Stroud is more comfortable moving around inside the pocket without having to move. If you watch Hendon Hooker play, that offense for Tennessee, that's the Baylor offense. That's the Art Bryles. You're going you're gonna to make a quick read. You're going to look once, maybe twice, and it's on the same side of the field. And if that's not there, take off and run, get positive yardage. C.J. Stroud, even if he's moving around in the pocket, 
he's not really looking to take off. He'll take off if it's a design, if it's a call, or if it's just way too wide open and he knows he can get 10 yards, he'll take off. But for the most part, one move that C.J. Stroud is famous for, one of his favorite moves, is where he'll rush the line looking like he's about to take off. He'll take about two steps, maybe three, heading towards the line. And then he'll immediately back off and backpedal. And as you step up to go and meet him at the line, he's going to try to dump that ball right over your head. That's something that he looks to do. The difference between what he's what what Georgia faced with Tennessee and what Ohio State faced with Michigan here, Georgia's defensive line is better than Michigan's defensive line. If Ohio State could not move Michigan's defensive line, good luck moving Jalen Carter. And what are going to be the final two games of Jalen Carter's career at the University of Georgia, good luck outworking that guy. And this, you can tell me all you want about Georgia's secondary being an issue, and I'm not going to say that you're wrong. C.J. Stroud, if he gets time, this is, this is the fun part of this matchup. If C.J. Stroud gets time to be able to go downfield to Marvin Harrison Jr., he'll pick apart Georgia's secondary. But they just gave up like 500 yards. They went from, and by the way, they, they gave up 502 yards to LSU. They went from the number one scoring offense to the number two, or scoring defense to the number two scoring defense. That's how much better they were than everybody else in college football. Kirby obviously was not happy. I'm pretty sure we'll hear, we'll hear a little bit about that coming up a little bit later on today when he gets into that presser. But the, the battle within the battle here is, In order for C.J. Stroud to take advantage of Georgia's secondary deep, which is really the only place they're really susceptible, he's got to have enough time. He's got to have enough pocket to step up into it. Jalen Carter is an absolute monster. I don't think that they're going to be able to generate enough push on Jalen Carter, or if they do, they're going to have to devote two or three players to Jalen Carter, which means you're freeing up Michael Walker. You're freeing up Zion Logue. You're freeing up Naz Stackhouse. I think you're going to see some linebacker blitzes here. I think this is where you see Georgia go all out. I think this is where you see Georgia empty the tank, even more so than they will against Michigan or TCU, whoever comes out of that game, because I think Ohio State has a different sort of offensive potential than those other two teams, where if you don't play great defensively, like if you come out, if you're Georgia and you come out of this game like, like you did against Mizzou or like you did against Kent State, Ohio State's going to put up 65 points on you. I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think this Georgia team is built that way. I don't think they're a team that's going to just lay down or or come in overconfident. I think when Georgia gets into big games, that's when they really let loose. That's when they know we're not going to hold anything back. We're going to do our thing, and we're going to go out there, and we're going to dominate. I'm expecting to see that on New Year's Eve. Thanks, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Always enjoy being with you guys. Um, happy birthday again, Buck Baloo. I'll see you guys uh, later again on the station. I'll be doing the uh, the Front Rose Audio Fun Bag a little bit later. But for now, that's going to do it for me. Nick and Chris up next here for the Fan 680, 93.7 FM. Thank you, Buck. Where's Nernie? Okay, thanks a lot, Buck. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Spring is here, and baseball is back. 
You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.